So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the first riot of the Luddites. Then on Tuesday, we unearthed the mad coincidence of the day two different Dennis the Menaces made their comic strip debuts. On Wednesday, the day the Spanish conquered the last Maya kingdom. Thursday was the day Colonel Sanders sued KFC. And on Friday, we recall how Vincent van Gogh's sister-in-law made his name. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no. But angel hair pasta, Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Hop, hop, hooray! Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone. Plus, spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Friends, we are very pleased to say that we have sold a lot of tickets for our upcoming live, not live, coverage of the British Grand Prix. So we have less than 10 tickets left. And Phil, what do you get with one of these beautiful tickets? Well, Chica, first of all, it's fewer than 10 tickets left. But what you get with one of your tickets is entry to a... Oh, the look Terry is giving me. <laughs> Anyone who says fewer rather than less is... Oh, I'm going to use this early in the podcast. <laughs> a <laughs> In an advert, no less. Yeah, exactly. That's how strongly I feel well, about the fewer That's less the kind of bad language you can expect for your uh, for your twenty pounds. You can't beat me live. <laughs> 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 but you will also get access to one of I think we can all agree one of the swankiest venues in London. Mm. It's I mean imagine a pub if they'd built a really nice cinema in it, and you get to sit in that cinema, big plush seats. You get to watch the British Grand Prix on a big screen with sound. And then there'll be a period of time where we start to panic mm-hmm. and hurriedly scribble some jokes down. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do a live podcast. And you can see just how seamless this podcast <laughs> is when we record it with, I mean, hardly any editing at all. Mm. What could be more fun? And where can you get these tickets? www.ff1s.com forward slash British hyphen grand. That's the website <laughs> URL grand. And if you bring your grand, she gets free gin. Are we going to honour that? If someone brings their gran, we will get her wankered. (laughs) (laughs) I will personally pay for gin for your gran. But she has to buy a ticket. None of this. So we should. We none should of have this bringing your gran and leaving her outside the pub <laughs> where you frankly, can watch the I'm race. I'm frankly amazed we have any tickets left. With so we with that we all kind of have fewer than ten grands coming. Less than ten. <laughs> fewer? No, no. We have less than ten grands left. 
If you can all bring your grand, I will buy the gin. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that starts every show with a hoverboard demonstration by Terry Saunders. I mean, how badly could it go? <laughs> I mean, in retrospect, probably would have been better outside. I can't ride a bike, can't drive a car. Hoverboards, though, give it a go. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that, according to Fernando Alonso, is the finest podcast ever made, even though we haven't won any awards and not that many people listen. Did you hear Alonso throwing Van Dorn under a bus? We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that, after the French Grand Prix, has an overwhelming urge to change toothpaste brands. I want some minty stripey fresh. <laughs> Three in one protection for your family. Toothpaste, padlock, uh, condom. Uh, Done. Three-in-one <laughs> protection for your family. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the Roman Grosjean of F1 podcast. Wow. How dare you write that about our podcast? We're not that bad, surely. <laughs> did you or did you not crash into something while you were coming here? Yes. Okay. It was Ericsson's fault. And did you whine about it? It was Ericsson's fault. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that has a five-second penalty. One, One two... two Three, four, four five. five. Nearly on the podium. I'm G. Graz, and today from the Southwark Tavern in London Bridge, we are going to talk about the French Grand Prix. After a 10-year hiatus, Paul Rickhoff is back. We had surface lines. Safe, yes, but no idea what was going on, and most of France's dreams were crushed in the first few seconds. Vettel crashed, there was a jetpack, McLaren were rubbish, and Hamilton walked in to take the lead of the title race. So, lots to talk about. Also, Le Mans. That's all to come. Joining me is a man who is back from Ireland and visited the home of British Motorsport this week. It's Phil Tromans. Hello. Yes, I'm back. It's lovely to see you again. Hi. Rather than down the line from a from a caravan. I went to Silverstone last week. Oh, mm. the race uh, isn't till next week. It isn't. I was very confused. It was really easy to get in, and there was nobody there. You thought you beat the traffic? <laughs> no, just just for a change. I was driving Porsches again. Oh, They've got boring. like an experience centre, which I didn't realise I'd not been to before. And they've got their own track at Silverstone. So I didn't actually go on the Silverstone track, but they've got their own little track next to Silverstone and I got to thrash some like Porsches around. Like the kids' around. pool. Very similar, yeah, it's not too deep. Lots of floats. <laughs> yes, let's go with that. What Porsche did you drive? I drove several different Porsche Cayennes. Cayenne pepper. Yes, and I mean, they, they have some pep to them. Were they fun? They were surprisingly good fun. And in mm. fact, I'm going to put this out. This is going to annoy all the petrol heads listening. I'm going to put it out to you that the Porsche Cayenne e-hybrid is the most well-rounded car on sale today because it can do pretty much everything pretty well. Ouch! Discuss. Can it carry your uh, weekly shopping? Yes. What? How? Yes. You what can also thrash it around a racetrack. It'll also go off-road really well. There's loads of space. It's can nice it and tow solid. another car? It can, can you take your gran in it? You can. <gasps> to and also, the hybrid version will run emission-free on electric power around town. I it does cost a fortune. How much? How much? I don't know, about 65 grand probably, before you start adding options 65 to it. grands? Oh my god. Yes. And speaking but of grands, how are they going to get to our live British Grand Prix event next week? That's some top level segueing. And alongside him is a man who quite possibly went faster than Alonso last week. It's Terry Saunders. Very similar to Phil, who is at Silverstone going around a dummy track. I was at Le Mans and I went karting oh, at Le Mans. Around at the, the circuit at, du South? At the Alain Prost karting circuit. Oh. But yeah. whilst the Le Mans 24 hour race was on a go slow safety car thing, so yes. I think there's a chance I went quicker than Alonso at that point. Uh, this is excellent. And we should say so, <laughs> we are 
competing against the Mist Apex podcast at a karting event in August. We've not mentioned it on here yet, I don't think. And I appeared on Mist Apex this week, and I tried to give it a bit of gusto about how fucking good we are well, at karting. It the big I am. But we have a slight problem. Turns out I'm terrible at karting, <laughs> right? I've done it twice before. Once, I crashed and hurt myself so bad it hurt to pee for six weeks. The other time, I lapped my friend but got lapped twice by a teenager. This time, so badly, I got stopped by the marshals three times <laughs> to be told how to do it because I was doing it wrong. Now, in my defence, I was wearing Dr. Martin boots. That's hard to control a go-kart with. Would you agree, Phil, as a racer? Not ideal, but Not overcomable ideal. if you've got a level of talent. Yep. Secondly, I was quite pissed. Okay. Because <laughs> in France, That's they don't good. give a shit. I thought, I've had a few pints. We're going to go kart track. They'll turn me away. Oh, hello, sir. Oh, you are not drunk enough. Have some wine. So, so you know, there's a chance that sober and with sensible footwear, I'm still fucking great. But as it happens, with boots and a few pints, I'm fucking awful. I've got to be honest. At this point, I'm not particularly confident about our chances at this uh, the, the podcast karting championships. But... Having said that, I'm still really competitive, so I quite like us to go and practice. So or at least we don't. I was on YouTube today looking up tips for go karting. I'm serious about this. You said earlier that all we wanted to do was beat Phil. I, didn't I mean, say that with repetition. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm more than happy with you guys saying that. You guys can say that as much as you like. Oh, look how cocky he's just got. Oh my god, we have Chica, we have to beat Phil. Oh no, I, I don't mean, know I how. Don't care. I don't know I how think, we do it. I think we've got to just going to sabotage yeah. your go kart. <laughs> it's your go kart as well. I don't care. <laughs> Wait, do we share a, share a go kart? Yes. Do we? I thought we all I'm, went around at the same sure. time, no, like teammates. I thought, I thought you all intimate. just jump in. And Phil doesn't get out of the car and give it to Ryken. It's like Le Mans. You, jump, you, have to, you, you leap Is out it? and leap in. I think so. Oh, I've made a we terrible prob- mistake. We should probably check this, shouldn't we? <laughs> As you can tell, Miss Apex, <laughs> you we should are, be quaking in your boots. We are ready. I thought, I thought we were going around together. Yeah, me too. So like, you're doing well, like really well, Terry. No, three cars. No. What, like in formation? No, just three cars, like in Formula One. No. I based my entire racing experience on Formula One. <laughs> no, I, I mean unless I've missed something. No, I think it's an endurance race where you have a four-person team, and I mean, one the, person does a few laps, comes in, the next person jumps in, and I mean, of the three of us, you're the one who's most likely to have read the email. So I think, <laughs> I, I think it's I probably fair. Oh. Oh, but so, we'll. Um, so we're both. So you've made it up as well. I'm sure we'll get some tweets clarifying the rules <laughs> from Miss Apex. Yeah. Anyway, Chica, apart from. Presumably lots of YouTubing of karting techniques. Mm, mm. What have you been up to? I turned 28 yesterday. Ah, that's, that's still right. really young. Well, compared to you, mate, most things are young. Apart from Terry. I turned 28 in 2008. As Ooh, did so I. 10 whole years. I've got 10 years on you. God. Yeah. This is what you you're going to look tell. like in 10 years. <laughs> yeah. oh. Helps me hang myself. And now it is time. We've removed the chicane, Chica. For Listener's Corner. Let's go straight into the return of the French Grand Prix, back in the land of baguettes, garlic and cheap stereotypes for the first time in a decade. Now, after several monotonous races, was this one any better? Gareth Rubiang Ling thinks not. I found the Twitter chatter about how bad the organisation of the race, getting to and from the venue, more captivating than the main event. Ali Kilpatrick says, I can't help thinking it would be more entertaining if those massive blue runoff areas were replaced with water hazards. Discuss. Right. One thing, those blue stripes were meant to be filled in, but they went on strike. <laughs> French joke. Ah! That's very good. 
the blue and the red stripes are different coarseness of material and because Paul Ricard has been used for a test track for years if you go sliding off they will slow you down because they're more coarse than normal tarmac and they're different levels of coarseness fascinating fact I've heard that they wanted to change all tracks to that for safety reasons but this is the only one that actually did it they might have done good. the only one yeah, don't know. Well, it seems to work. Cause you look at it. I have no idea what's going on. Who's where? It do work. I it's say. Just, it's confusing. Keep it dangerous. Keep it dangerous. It works in a way. Like, you know, a gravel trap but is more appealing. Why don't they make it grey? So yeah, why isn't it all just filled in? Why yeah. are there stripes? Well, it costs more, I guess. Or I make it made out of global hypercolour. <laughs> if you remember that, would that be good. from the 90s, yeah. where mm. a T-shirt could change colour by heat. So yeah. when a car goes over it, Little stripes little appear. Yeah, that is a good idea. idea. That would be the best way to do it. I like make that idea. Everything global. Yeah. I make the cars out of global hypercolor. Is global <laughs> hypercolor still a thing? Is there still a company somewhere? I'm not sure, but it should be. Should but be. If you are it's great. a global hypercolor company, come and sponsor us. We will be in any color you want. <laughs> but I mean, while that sounds like a great idea, it's a bit more fantastical. Can we talk about the importance of access to a Grand Prix venue? Because a lot of people were really fucked off. The ones that actually went to the race that apparently yeah. it took them eight hours to get in and eight hours to get out or something. Is that People important? Say, Do we care? Formula One was better in the 90s. I went to Silverstone in the 90s. You couldn't fucking get there. So <laughs> if we want to go back to the good old days, then you can't get to the track. That's how it works. I mean, they've built another road in and out of Silverstone. It's still quite difficult. But Exactly. And also, I've actually... I was thinking this. I've been to Paul Ricard, and it is literally on like a sort of back country road. Like, it's not even like a motorway or anything. It's just... There's a one small road leading to it. Yeah, like Fran- it's and France. And it appears they just yeah, exactly. It's the south of France. That's what it's like. And they don't appear to have thought about this at all when fifty thousand, however many people turned up. It's Whereas- named. It's named after Paul Ricard, who made pasties. Have you ever had pasties? Yeah, the things from Cornwall. Disgusting. Oh. <laughs> it's utterly disgusting, right? It's quite ironic considering they weren't allowed to advertise alcohol. I know. While they were there. Just some bloke's name. But now- speaking of places that have good access, Abu Dhabi. Tell you what, facilities. Here we brilliant. go. In and out, no queuing. It's amazing. Great. We need more tracks like that. Exactly. Was the race dull though? I can't remember. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't think it was Peaks that dull. And troughs. So we're going to talk more about McLaren later in the show. But Daniel Foster says Alonso has given up, hasn't he? Happy to admit, post qualifying, that McLaren aren't going to go anywhere near the points without looking just a little bit frustrated. Those lines about the McLaren being such a good chassis aren't really holding up when all the other Renault cars ended up in the points, even the ones that pretend to be powered by Swiss watches. He did seem to give less of a shit than normal, the fact that they both went out in Q1 and were rubbish and didn't seem massively bothered. McLaren are utterly screwed. <laughs> they have got nothing going for them. Why Literally would he be bothered? nothing. Alonso can't get a drive anywhere else that he's got nothing left I mean he, he's the kind of guy he's going to turn up in the paddock with a gun that's what he's like he's going to start shooting <laughs> well I don't people. think so because he's got he's got other things that I think he's increasingly uh, more interested in because for example he was he was at Le Mans oh his midlife crisis and his, that, his triple threat that doesn't mean anything no because only one other person has done that 
Yeah, that's like me saying, oh, only one other person is tickled a vole whilst on a trampoline, right? <laughs> Doesn't fucking matter. Remember record breakers, right? Yeah. In the, in the 80s, and they come on, and they have Norris McWhorter and Roy Castle, and they go, oh, now this guy's going to balance 400 chairs on his chin. It's like, well, that's not a record. You've made that up. 100 meters. Bang, the record. Point, the point right? here, Terry. A marathon. Bang, record. Just saying, oh, Graham Hill did it, so therefore I'm going to do it. Fuck that. I think Terry, I you'll hate forget, a lot, I think you forget, you're forgetting that dedication is what you need if you oh. want to be a record breaker. Don't be tearing off doors from motorhomes and, and uh, alienating every team in Formula One if you want to be a record Generally breaker. Generally being a snide but charming We master. all know, if Alonso gets the Indy 500 as well as Le Mans and Monaco, right, he'll be happy, he'll shout about that and say how great he is. But you, you go to him, like the ghost of Christmas past, you go to him on Christmas Eve and say, what would you rather, the triple thing or be a five-times Formula One world champion, right? He'd be on his fucking knees. So Jason Smith says, oh God, the Alonso fans will be a nightmare now. I could have shown up and driven that car to victory. FFS. Well, let me say, from someone who is at Le Mans, right, can I just say, great spectacle. As a weekend, great. Good, isn't it? It's fun. Going there at night, watching the cars get by, great. Eating paella with a huge chunk of raw chicken, amazing. Wait, Love you, France. <laughs> right? <laughs> Lap one of, they do what, nearly 400 laps in 24 hours. Lap one. And it's a big lap. Those, yeah, it's like 10 miles long. Lap one, those Toyotas came around about three seconds in the lead. <laughs> it was a fucking farce. The whole thing was pointless, right? Literally anybody could drive one of those Toyotas to win. I totally agree with Jason. I reckon I could have driven one of those Toyotas to win, and I don't even know how to drive. <laughs> I just spent the first 20 minutes finding a biting point. Well, it's funny you should say that because Alonso has said that he thinks it's the uh, the greatest victory in Le Mans Is ever. this the same Alonso? He spent the last six months going, oh, Formula One's so boring because you can predict the winner. Oh, God, if only Formula One was better, there was more chance of winning. But, oh, but, what? Well, it's fine if I'm the winner. Well, Alonso seems to think that, that, you know, his performance was absolutely masterful. Sort of like playing for Man United when he beat St. Joseph's RC yeah, Primary School in football. Yeah, whatever. It, yeah, it's a bit weird. He's very good at, well... He was very good at self-promotion. I think maybe he's jumped the shark a bit now. He's totally jumped. He had a... Did you hear him go, have a go at Van Dorn? He was just there going, well, you know, the McLaren's not doing very well, but I've beaten my uh, teammate who won GP2 8-0 in qualifying this year. It's like, fucking leave the guy alone. <laughs> Women news. Uh-oh. Saudi Arabia has proved to the world that it is a feminist nation, freeing women from the endless cycle of suffering and repression inflicted upon them for the past 2,000 years into the nirvana of modern-day women's rights by allowing them to drive. Despite the fact that we were cursed with ovaries, Saudi Arabia has let females, that's right the weaker sex, control a moving vehicle. So on Sunday at the French Grand Prix, a Saudi Arabian woman called Asil Al-Hamed drove a demo lap in Kimi Raikkonen's Lotus E20, although it's all dressed up in Renault yellow now. And this was to celebrate this year's lifting of the ban on women driving. Now, just the rest of the country's human rights to sort out. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Mm. I mean, it's one of those things. Obviously, it's good that women in Saudi Arabia can finally drive. Yeah, they've solved all the problems there now. Sorted. And it's good that there's a lady in a Formula One car. But it's all a little bit plastic fake, isn't mm. it? It's I don't, I don't, I confess, I don't know who this lady is is what well still is I presume unless she's died um, who is, who <laughs> is she do we know who she is is it just a random woman from nowhere no. is she a, an up and coming racing driver she is uh, in racing can we That's get her to do karting with us 
we could dress her up in yellow colours. She seems to like it. <laughs> I mean, as publicity stunts go, this seems pretty obvious and shameless. Whose idea do you think it was? Uh, Saudi Arabia governments, probably. I think that's bad because it just highlights how behind they are. What, Renault? <laughs> yeah. I think no, it does because like, Formula One hasn't had a female driver for like 20 years. That's how far behind Saudis are. <laughs> <laughs> they go, oh, look, it's 1980. Do you think there is a chance, there is more chance that she's going to get a drive next year than Julian Palmer? Uh, yes. That's like an internet Twitter question, isn't it? That's like me going, is there more chance this time next year you're going to be a brick wall? What? I don't know, I'm very tired. <laughs> It's like saying, is there more chance of a vole on a trampoline getting a drive than Jodie and Palmer? Well, actually, yes, the exact chance. Zero. Because <laughs> he's quite good on the radio. I've, a lot of my uh, my annoyance towards him has gone because on the radio, Jodie oh, and Palmer, Palmer is quite Sorry, good. I thought you were talking about that vole. No, no, the vole. will not shut up about being on radio. <laughs> I feel he just garbled. Oh, do you remember Roy Castle? Oh, he died. He said I was the best vole he ever met. <laughs> In other news, Red Bull are officially ditching Renault Tag Heuer in favour of Honda for 2019. Confirmed, all happening, fuck it all, let's do it. Hmm. What? Hmm. I mean, it's tricky because Honda, they've got the data, the Honda car's doing all right. I mean, It's doing all right. It's not doing great. It's not as good as the Renault, but it's doing all right. And, as you talked about, McLaren are hardly sticking up to their side of the it was all Honda that was shit argument so you know give Honda a chance you reckon I mean ditch, I don't know. ditch the ditch the brand that you've won lots of world champions with just because you had a bit of a falling out when they had a couple of slightly less than brilliant seasons and still weren't as bad as Honda it seems unusual because they're winning races with Renault not admittedly yeah getting on podiums easy. pretty regularly yeah the, things must have really gone shit with them I don't know. I mean, it's going to be a stopgap thing, and they're trying to keep hold of Ricardo, and now they're saying we've got a shit engine for the next couple of years. It's confusing. It's a puzzle. So do you think it was a massive mistake? I don't know. I don't, it, I I don't, don't know, know anything anymore. <laughs> I well, knew things. They wouldn't things. do it if it was a massive mistake. I knew things. This time last year, we're doing a podcast, and I knew that McLaren were good, <laughs> and they were being held back by Honda. I knew that Palmer was shit, and he wouldn't have a chance at a radio career. I knew these things, because his dad was shit as a commentator. And now, everything's turned around. I don't know anything anymore. Why do we do this? So we don't know. We're not experts. We haven't got a fucking clue. <laughs> Stop it. Stop revealing the truth behind this podcast. <laughs> But we are doing a live show. Uh, so it might be a bit early for the silly season, but the rumour mill is grinding away. Suggestions coming in through the interweb include Ricardo to McLaren for a big wodge and also Raikkonen to McLaren. Also Leclerc to Ferrari. Discuss. There's been a lot of rumours. Mm. Specifically those three. So Leclerc. Why, why now? Why now has because it all Because there's off? nothing else to talk about. No, there's loads to talk about. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. It's just happened. Well, no, because normally... So some- it was always based on the Italian Grand Prix in August is when Ferrari announced their drivers for the next year and city season kind of works backwards Well, there was also the summer break when they had nothing else to write about. Yes. So and they'd start speculating wildly, but it seems to have started earlier. Well, Leclerc going to Ferrari seems... Well, it's unusual. Ferrari had never hired someone so junior before. But there was that lovely moment where he was ahead of Ryan on the track and you go, <laughs> he well, has, why not? He's he pretty has good. been doing very well. Mm. And again, and France covered himself in glory once again, I think. I thought he was really good. And at worst, he'll be a good second place to Vettel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's probably going to be better than Raikkonen. And at best, it's going to be an exciting... For the first time, they'll have a driver that they've taken through the ranks of the Ferrari Driver Academy into World Championship. It's a win-win. Although you could lose. argue that the last time Vettel went up against somebody that genuinely challenged him, i.e. Daniel Ricciardo, he sort of imploded. 
That's fine too. Yeah. Okay. I don't like him. Would Raikkonen really move to McLaren? I don't know. <laughs> or is this just <laughs> fantasising here? Well, I mean, we've been saying, I think since this podcast first started, that Raikkonen was clearly doomed and would never get another drive. I will be staggered if he's still at Ferrari next year, but weirder things have happened. Well, we, let's say, I'm sure if we could be bothered, we'd find a clip of us going, I'd be staggered if he'd be at Ferrari <laughs> no, this year, because all we talked about last years. year was there's no chance. No, I'm sure you're right, but if he does go from Ferrari and he somehow decides that he wants to stay in F1, weirder things have happened. He's driven them for them before, hasn't he? So Yeah, he was, they loved him at McLaren, but yeah. McLaren are a dying team. I and Raikkonen's career is also dying. Well, yeah, he's got a kid. He's, you know, that's true. I'm sorry. No, he's absolutely at the top of his form. My bad. <laughs> he was on the podium at Sunday. That's the weird thing. He's in one of the best cars, and he was probably only there because I can't even remember which one it was. But it was a fluke, is what I'm saying. Good. Well, I don't know. I just sorry. I'm just I'm pointing. I'm very angry tonight, aren't I? It's the heat. Oh, honestly, it's so hot. We're all very angry. We've been quite aggressive. Yeah, we're fine. It's oh, you. it's me. I've been very angry. fuck off, chica. Right. So, McLaren have come out this. Martin Whitmarsh has come out this week and gone. Uh, guys, uh, if you want me back, um, I can come and save everything for you. Then. There's this weird story about Freddo's. Have you heard about this? No. no. I saw a couple of references and didn't know what it was about. McLaren have been giving their staff bonuses in Freddo's. The Not in chocolate. cash. What? So this is... Don't Mercedes give... Like, if they win the championship, they give every member of staff, including, like, the cleaner, 10 grand. Yeah. And McLaren really? is giving out Freddo's. And now they're not even winning. <laughs> right. They've got a box of Freddo's on ice going, <laughs> you're not having this, mate. <laughs> and then, John Barnard today, the famous ex-designer who... Um, worked for McLaren for years has said that, man, wasn't he? yeah there's no way that McLaren can fix themselves without changing the management structure that Martin Whitmarsh put in place Boudier's on the way out because he's he's suddenly how the hell has he quiet. still got a job Zach Brown is looking a bit less cocky with all of his fingers in many pies McLaren are dying so Raikkonen could go there then well why not they'll give him some well, money he'll get on the news I'll tell you exactly why not because what if Ricardo goes there if because Ricardo that was goes the, there that was the other story that seems to be going around that they offered him a monumentally large salary to go there and sort everything out he's not going to be able to sort everything out and if he goes there he won't be drinking out of shoes again he'll just be drinking out of Alonso's pants well uh, assuming Alonso's gone of course he's I mean, gone. Do you he's think not living out the season. Alonso's gone. He's checked out. He is like he checked out ages yeah, ago. He is just not there anymore. You, uh, they'll have like a Ferris Bueller style mannequin in the car <laughs> at the British Grand Prix, and it will crash, and they'll be just like the, the arm will like raise up on a string, and he'll be like, "Oh, everyone, he's fine." <laughs> do you not think though that there's something to be said because clearly Verstappen is Red Bull's golden boy. Ricardo could go to McLaren and basically have the team built around him. Because they're at the lowest, they're but at their what's lowest the point. point. That's having like a sandcastle built around you. You just be there going, "Oh, we're great until the tide comes in." <laughs> no, Ricardo is fucked. Right? He can't go to Ferrari because they've seen they've deemed him to be too expensive. Mercedes are keeping Bottas, it seems. Uh, Red Bull has got he's got playing against Verstappen and a fucking Honda engine. His only option is to stay at Red Bull and go to McLaren. What's the fucking point? Toro Rosso. <laughs> Why does it put him in a bloody sauber? <laughs> Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, maybe Snapchat. Not Snapchat where we're, at all. Not no, Snapchat. Where we're For F1's Sake. Or you can email us at wrong at ff1s.com.
not time for the teens. We'll start, as always, with Mercedes. Hamilton won the race, so his alleged music career is clearly working wonders. We can talk about this on his racing. Vettel's unruly behaviour damaged Bottas's rear, gave him a puncture that crushed his dreams, and he came home in seventh. This season's getting a bit boring in the fact that it just seems that at every race someone's going to win it, and they win it. I mean, I mean, that's that's, that's kind of season. how a race works. Yeah, yeah, but there's no kind <laughs> we've of... Got, we've had three different teams win races. This one was better than... I mean, should we talk about the race? Yeah, Generally. Earlier on in Listener's Corner, they were saying, dull race. I don't think it was that bad. I mean, I don't think, I think it was as good as, like, not Australia, but the three after that. And we had three boring ones. This one was all right. If it hadn't been for Vettel at the beginning, it would be really boring. But that kind of spiced it up, didn't it? Yeah, it was kind of, they all went out of position because they all did a merry-go-round on the first lap. And then it was like slowly sorting itself out. It was a bit, it was a bit, uh, it's fine, yeah. it's fine. It was like, uh. From Mercedes' point of view, Hamilton drove very well, stayed out of trouble, went away, controlled it, didn't have any issues. Wasn't exciting, but he did very well. Bottas felt a little bit sorry for. Yep. Yeah. But... That's sort of why he's there. He's cannon fodder for Hamilton. <laughs> That's why he's there. Why? How have you done in your career? Oh, just people feel sorry for me. It's fine. <laughs> but he's sort of just sort of like a bodyguard throwing himself in front of the bullet that is Ferrari. So whose fault was it? Oh, it's Vettel's fault, 100%. Absolutely. A, a, all the percent Vettel's fault. Fucked up the corner. Bottas even gave him loads of room. It wasn't like he chopped him off. Absolutely all the way Vettel's fault. Just for the record, uh, if anyone's listening to this because they heard me on the Missed Apex podcast that I appeared on on Sunday, when everyone said it's Vettel's fault, just because I was feeling a bit cocky, I laid it on Bottas' blame because I was wow. just like, I'm going to say the opposite, like a shock jock. So, honestly, of course it was Vettel's fault, but uh, anyone from Missed Apex is fine. Were you uh, feeding misinformation to a rival podcast? Yeah, I just thought, let's try and get this started, you know. My <laughs> argument was that Bottas shouldn't have done such a good start and he wouldn't have been there well it, what if he'd have done a worse start then when Vettel <laughs> I mean he did a pretty through, bad start yeah, if <laughs> he did a worse start he'd have been behind Vettel and it wouldn't have happened oh it was okay so it's his it was fault. Bottas's fault for driving too well just driving competently <laughs> okay Are, have you got a vested interest in this anyone who drives competently not to be trusted yep okay um, however, Bottas maybe could have or should have finished behind Hamilton. Well, he had a damaged car, didn't he? Yeah, but because of the new engine. Yeah, but he had a damaged car nonetheless. New engine with a... Uh, he's missing some no, straights no, sorry, or something. I don't mean... I, I meant that if it didn't happen, he would have most oh, likely yeah. been... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he's not as good as Hamilton, so, yeah. Mercedes won too. I think he's better than Hamilton at singing. I mean, I've never, I've never heard him sing. Exactly. I have been to a Finnish karaoke night. And I wasn't blown away, if I'm honest. And now it's time for Ferrari. So Vettel caused chaos at the beginning, as we said, so he got a five-second penalty. So Hamilton was cross that he said it was only a tap on the wrist, which he actually meant somebody needs to give him a massive slap around his hairy German face. Uh, He did have to let Raikkonen pass, though, um, which was maybe a metaphorical face slap. Should Vettel have got a harsher penalty? Yes. Tap on the wrist. That's what Hamilton said. Mm. That's not, not a thing. A thing. No. So what? What is the thing? Slap on the wrist. Slap on the wrist. Yeah. That's the thing. Because it's one of those things. Or a double you, tap to the back yeah, of the head. Yeah. You know when you sometimes see a word written down, and you're like, that can't be how it's spelled. It's one of those things. I saw that, and I was just like, that's not right. But yeah. I can't work out what's right. It's slap quite on the erotic, wrist. isn't it? Wait, what? Tap Erotic? Yeah, tap on the wrist. I'm very hard at 200 miles an hour. <laughs> you're, you're very what? 
I've, I'm very oh, hard all the time. For, no, imagine if that was the penalty. They had, they had to go, he has to give him a tap on the wrist of John Jamal Zanara. Because that could, rip, into the could rip your arm off if you get sucked in the vortex. And that Beg your pardon now. Be <laughs> that was at a Finnish, that's a Finnish karaoke bar, I believe. <laughs> Red Bull. Uh, it was a very good drive from Verstappen, who came home in third. The downside, though, was he didn't piss anyone off, which dramatically reduced the race excitement. Um, and Ricardo was also struck by the fallout of Vettel. Uh, he didn't get a podium, but probably maybe would have done better if there wasn't wreckage on the track. I mean, to be fair, that's like everyone. Now, Verstappen is losing his shit in a hilarious way, right? So do you see the press conference after the race where they were talking about Vettel and whether he, like, crashed into someone? And, uh, and, they, and, and he started going off like, oh, are you going to say to Vettel he should change his driving style? Oh, no one says that about Vettel. It's just about me. Oh, it's still unfair. <laughs> it's like... Off, he then storm up to his room and slam the door. <laughs> exactly. It's his hormones. Oh, no. Bless him. He did oh. drive very well, though. Two so, races in a row. He's done pretty well. Another podium. No, yeah. no crashes. He's gone from being the boy of like, oh, this is the new Ayrton Senna, to being like, he's basically Raikkonen. He's like, he's doing all right. He's well, no, he's looking like he might win races. No, he's not. And have a drive for next year. Well, McLaren are calling Raikkonen. Ricardo bit anonymous really this weekend mm. he had a higher downforce car than Verstappen yes he did and then he got some crap stuck in the front wing <laughs> which is why he was shit at the end yep downforce and crap and you don't want to drink out of a shoe in France no nope. let me tell you about my paella so I had a bit of a dicky stomach anyway at Le Mans where are you? Oh, and okay. yeah. I thought paella was the healthiest thing I could yep. eat no that's the well, age-old uh, remedy. So I was in the grandstand at the uh, the posh seats we had, and um, I saw someone go by with this kind of steak on a baguette, and I was like, "That's what I want." <laughs> Went to the place to buy it, and I'd had a, a hallucination because what I'd seen was a, a rare, like a, a very rare cook of steak on a lovely French fresh baguette. And then when I got it and paid like 12 euros for it, it was basically two burgers on a sale baguette. And honestly, what I saw was something different. Anyway, dicky stomach from that. Next day, thought, I don't know what to eat, there's nothing here. Went to a paella place, ate all the paella, ate all the rice. There was a big uh, leg of chicken in it, took a bite of the chicken, it was fucking raw. Uh, did you eat the- it? No, but I was shitting. Then I was so <laughs> ill when I got back, right? This is true. No, mate, you can't edit this out. <laughs> I was so ill. My, I was doubled. I had to take a day off work. I was doubled over in pain because my stomach was so bad. I went to the doctor who said the point, the part of the pain I'm pointing out in my stomach is my appendix. So they sent me to hospital. I went to hospital this week, had a bunch of... Ta- I knew it wasn't my appendix, had that kind of feeling, but also knew that if I wake up at three in the morning with, like, pain and I'm dying, I don't want my dying breath to be... Oh, fuck. <laughs> so I went... I thought it was the chicken. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it was the chicken. So I, went, I was in hospital all day getting tested for non-appendix. Thanks for yeah. fucking Le Mans. I've had my appendix. So, I've had- so, you have a fucking fun time winning Le Mans. I had fucking food poisoning. Did, they, had- did they diagnose it as food poisoning? Or were they- oh, I felt better by the time I finished in the hospital. <laughs> <when I'm- laughs> I've had my appendix out and the, yeah, the tests they give you for that are not, are not fun. Yeah. What did you have as a test? It wasn't fun. Did they go out the... Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> It's not fun. That's not what your appendix is. I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought they would have used their finger, but... That's what I've been all over the I went to the, I went to the optician and they went up my bum. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I feel like you can't tell <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
Echo Williams, so yet again, this is a you okay, hun, run through of Williams weekend. Slowest in qualifying, debris caused them both problems. Stroll's tyre burst in the penultimate lap. Sorokin got a penalty for driving too slowly under the safety car. I did not know you could do that. I don't think that was a penalty. They knew it. That's like when they go, a married man can't wear a crossbow on a Wednesday. <laughs> it's one of those laws. That there's a, why is there a law? For a rule for going too slowly in the safety car. Maybe if you back up too many people behind you and then... There is no way. They made it up to, to, to burn to William. Fuck with they Lance Stroll. taking the piss. Maybe they said to Lance, you know, there's this rule, but for a certain amount of money, we can make it go away. Oh, <laughs> God, it's just embarrassing. I mean, the only thing that's making Williams not embarrassing is McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think they might have been the same well, I'm sort of at the point now it's where I don't expect race. much from Williams. Yeah, but Williams has been in this downward decline for so long. Mm, yeah. McLaren have still got that kind of... We could. We hope we're gonna, they're going to do well. Williams, we just know now. Williams aren't <laughs> claiming they're going to get a podium by they any race. Oh, yeah. Sauber in the points. Sauber, Sauber going to Q3. I know. Ludicrous. Williams, did you make Q1? <laughs> Force India. Ocon was finally able to race in his motherland. His friends and family were in the stands, many of which were there to see him for the first time. He crashed in the first lap, which meant his third non-finish in five races. Stewards decided that both he and Gasly were responsible and both had been reprimanded. Perez was off, his water pressure wasn't right, and he was up by lap 30. So, a bad There was weekend. a lot of talk, because the French Grand Prix, it's the first French Grand Prix in 10 years. Mm. There are three French drivers. That's been Four quite rare. Four of you can't Leclerc. Although Grosjean's actually Swiss, yeah. but yeah. Oh, whatever. Leclerc's Gadget Monaco. They do this thing, big build-up in the race. These three French drivers, and two of them take each other out, which is possibly Grosjean's fault. Yay! Well, it was Grosjean's fault in a distinct way, because he bashed into Ocon like forced him off the track which then damaged his car which I'm pretty confident didn't help when he came in and smashed into Gasly later on and it, yeah, it was like all the French drivers just kind of aimed at each other apart from Leclerc who's not French but is basically French uh, who did very well I can't actually remember seeing Perez at all in the race surprises you because you think that pink would up against the blue of the track would be very contrasty mm. but in actual fact kind of <laughs> blended in Disappointing one for them. Very sad. Hey! <laughs> Magnussen came home in sixth. Yay. He's doing all right. France's last hope were pinned on Roman Grosjean, but he struggles with carrying the weight of a nation. He, he struggles with carrying the weight of his own hair. He finished 11th, which means he hasn't come home in the points for 12 races. Still on no point. What? That was French. For what? cringe. But oh. I can't speak in a French accent. That was very good. Thank you. I, I don't understand. <laughs> um, let's just it. do our, our weekly reminder that Grosjean <laughs> was being tipped to drive for Ferrari a couple of years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was tipped to... Well, there was, there was another podcast that sort of um, had him down as the benchmark for a decent driver. Like, you, you could judge how good or bad someone was on how they were compared to Grosjean. He was the, the baseline of a decent driver. And now he's just... Which is He's why this year's place. field is the strongest field there's ever been in Formula One. <laughs> I hope he can get his act together. Uh, I don't. I mean, he's our official whipping boy, so if he could do it like at the end of the season and then turn out to be a really good commentator or something or, mm. or become a reserve driver for Ferrari or any of the other illustrious whip career Whip up paths. an omelette. That's all he can do. <laughs> or a paella. Oh, do you reckon it was him? Might have been. 
Magnussen though, considering he qualified in ninth, moving up to sixth was pretty good. When he's not being a tit, he's pretty good. He's good. I like Magnussen. Yeah. Every now and again, he's just he's like the bad boy of the grid. When he's not doing that, he's a he's a decent driver. He's very short. Is he shorter than most? I think. Well, I think How a lot of them are quite short. Renault. It was a really good race, which is handy as they spent the most of the budget on getting people to dress up like Renault supporters. Signs was in third after the crash start. Uh, it looked like he could finish in sixth, but he had a power loss in the final laps. Hulkenberg finished in ninth. I didn't really know what he did. They were both in the points though. Could Renault's good spell carry on? And do you reckon they could afford to keep dressing people up as fans? I mean, it might well have been real fans because Renault French. are based in <laughs> France. And Renault is quite French. Yeah, and I've been to the British Grand Prix where Renault have had an entire grandstand. So you would think of the French Grand Prix, they'd have also probably a grandstand. I mean, they've got a lot to prove now. They've got to beat, they've got to beat Red Bull next year and McLaren. That'll be easy. But you know, now that Red Bull have ditched them for Honda, they've got to be—they've got to make Red Bull look stupid. So let's hope they get better. I hope so. Science was looking really good actually. Mm. I felt a bit sorry for him when his power unit went. He was way better than than Hulkenberg this. Which is weird because normally Science has been a little bit under Hulkenberg's spell this year. But you know, the uh, the safety car at the end, the virtual safety car helped him out because he went from six to eight. Then there was a virtual safety car. He would have been right out of the points without. So phew. Yeah, then you saw their reliability out, but I mean they're getting there, aren't they? I presume they're ploughing a ton of money into the official works team. Okay, Toro Rosso. Both Toro Rossos were caught up in the belligerence at the start of the race. Hartley managed to finish in 14th. I really don't know what else they did. Hartley's gone, isn't he? Did we talk? Hang on. Did we talk in the last podcast about how they, they tried, tried to, to get, fire him? Did they tried to get Lando really? Norris, didn't they? Yeah. And Norris said no. I'd rather <laughs> drive for McLaren for some uh, reason. Weirdo. Um, Surely we'd be better to go for Toro Rosso than McLaren. We'd better to go anywhere. It'd be better to run around the track in your underpants than drive <laughs> a McLaren. But um, Hartley's a bit forgettable. It's a shame, because I, I, I thought he... Until he came into F1, I thought he was a really good driver, because he's been pretty good in WEC. I mean, he's won Le Mans. Well, that just proves how easy that is. Sauber. This was impressive. Leclerc finishing in the points for the fourth time in five races. Ericsson had balance issues after the collision at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, it's the Leclerc team, isn't it? And mm. there's another guy in it. Do you know how you were going fizzy knickers about Verstappen in the last couple of years? That's how I feel about Leclerc. He's great. I, I, well, I'm, I'm I heart him. I also heart I'm him. I tip him to be good. You okay. said that about Verstappen. No, I didn't. Very early on, you I did. I did not. Prove me wrong now by playing that clip in. <laughs> oh, you couldn't be bothered to find really it. Like you know we're not going to go through the archives. <laughs> but if somebody out there wants to go through the archives and find, find us some evidence moment. of Terry saying that Verstappen was really good, send it to us. I've and we will reward you with. I've said he's okay. I'll give you that. After his first ever race, you would have said that. Oh, but I said it about everyone. <laughs> Marcus Ericsson looks good, doesn't he? He's hate most people on the grid. Yeah, but after their first race, I give them a little pep, I give them a little bump up, but they go, oh, that guy's nice, and then I cut them down. McLaren. Oh, oh mate. Both the McLarens had worse qualifying this season. Alonso, for the third time, didn't make it to the end of the race. Van Dorn finished a lap behind. Can they keep getting worse? Apparently. It seems so, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, so they're very good at making spades whenever you think they've got to the bottom. They carry on digging. It does seem like maybe that Honda engine wasn't the entire reason McLaren was shit. Well, now, hang on. 
Because one of the things, I read this very in-depth article about this, and I'll paraphrase it terribly now, but one of the reasons their chassis was so strong in the last few years is because they knew they were so down on power, they, they lumped on so much extra downforce that they were super quick in the corners. But if you then add the engine power, they are slower. So it, it was all a lie. It was all a bit of a pulling the wood over people's eyes. And now they've come out and admitted, McLaren have admitted that they've screwed up their wind tunnel something or other and they don't know what's going on, they don't know what's wrong. This is a disaster. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they could they could be going the way of Williams. I mean, they tried to make the best of it when they realised they were going to be shit this race and they brought Alonso in, strapped on the fastest tyres and said, right, go out and get fastest lap. But then there was a virtual safety car, so he couldn't do it. And then he buggered his suspension. And came oh, yes. In. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't I actually see happened. how he did that. I think he was so angry. He just said, Can I just say, so my, the very first Grand Prix I ever watched was the French Grand Prix in 1989 at Paul Ricard. And it was an amazing race. The Leighton House, designed by Adrian Newey, did a big flip at the start. But and the lead of the race was Ferrari, Williams and McLaren. They were the three teams to beat. And it's so depressing that 30 years later, Ferrari are at the top and Williams and McLaren are at the bottom of the grid. That is the most depressing thing. And I think they should both retire from the sport. If you go back to the 50s, though, Mercedes were at the top. so And they're at the top again. Chica, you weren't alive then. Do you give a shit about any of that? No, I'm still okay. <laughs> And now it's time for the standings with Terry Saunders. Okay, I'm not going to say I've been busy, but these are my strongest. So, French Grand Prix back after 10 years. So I thought, what would these drivers be if they were French? This is bad. Oh, uh, number one, Louis Jambon. Sorry, Louis. Oh. Louis Jambon, good, yeah. Second place, San Sebastian Vettel. Third place, Les Chasseurs. That's oh. Shoe. In French, it's Ricardo. Ah, uh, it? yeah. Uh, Le Derriere, that's uh, Buttas. <laughs> Kimi Marseille, weak. Uh, Bebe, that's French for baby, according to producer Matt. That's Verstappen. Uh, Le Hulk. Uh, eighth place, Fernando Piav. No, no regret, no. Um, Carrie Four, that's uh, Carlos Sainsbury's. <laughs> of course, Carrie Four is the French supermarket. Uh, Souk Bekoulis, suck my balls. Um, <laughs> EDF, now that's the French energy uh, company, Pierre Gasly. <laughs> uh, he's already French, but okay, yep, yep. 12th, Liberté, 13th, Galate, 14th, Fraternité, fuck you all. 15th, Stoffel Ruffel, 16th, last Lance Promenade. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's very that's good. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 17th is Orange. What, what did I say, Orange? Uh, Orange? Ericsson. Sony Ericsson. Phone. French network that I was on this weekend. Orange. Orange. Uh, Orange. 18 is Compote. Is what? Compote. Yogurt. Like you're getting a yogurt. But yeah, and Compote is a. Sauce? J- jam. <laughs> and what's a brand of jam in this country? Wilkinson. Johnson's. Brendan Hartley jam. Is that a jam? Isn't it? I don't know. There's a jam called Hartley. <laughs> okay, your jam knowledge. And I haven't finished the team ones yet. It would have been so. a lot funnier if you hadn't been asking us for French words before <laughs> yeah. we started. When I walked in, I'm there going, what's French for a walk? <laughs> so, you know, it doesn't quite work. And what was weird is I didn't think to question why you were asking me oh, that. I just thought I was being... Uh, mysterious. Friendly. Being mysterious. No, no, we'll do it. Right, okay. So, and the constructors... Because the track looked like toothpaste with its stripes, I thought, what would the teams be if they were toothpaste? 
finally. <laughs> First place, Mercedes, is Arm & Hammer Charcoal, which is the toothpaste that I'm using right now because I bought it in boots on a whim, and it's grey, like Mercedes. Second place, Colgate, is red, like Ferrari. Oral Red Bull, Oral B, Oral Red Bull. Uh, now, Elgidium is French, France's popular toothpaste, Renault. Uh, Sensodyne is McLaren because they're being very sensitive at the minute. That's a good one. Uh, Dant Kanti is a very Indian brand of toothpaste, according to Wikipedia. And Calodont is an American brand that was very popular until 1981 when it was made illegal because it had lead in it. Um, Toro Rosso is Pepsodent, which is some of the best toothpaste brands in the world. Sauber is Colgate Palmolive because, like, Ferrari, which is Colgate, it's Alfa Romeo, which is owned by Palmolive. <laughs> <laughs> and Williams are just like people who rub a nettle on their teeth. <laughs> oh, I don't need any of that fucking hippie shit. And those are the standings. And now it is time for the quiz. Chicka quiz, chicka quiz, let me quiz you, chicka quiz. So, so whilst you're in the toilet, this isn't my best plan quiz, I'll be honest. So when you're in the toilet, I scribbled down some ages of the drivers for this week's game Formula One Ages the Driver Nice This so, has had as much thought into it as uh, Golden Balls with Jasper Carrot Great <laughs> Question number one Who is 38? Phil hang, hang on a minute Hang on a minute This isn't what age is the driver This is what driver is this age? <laughs> <laughs> this is right. It's Formula One What age. driver is this age? <laughs> Okay, so what's the question? Who is 38? Phil. It's like Jeopardy. Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, you didn't even buzz your name. Oh. <laughs> I, thought you... oh, I thought you were saying you. I thought you were doing, no, a... I'm not a Formula I thought one you were doing a joke answer. I thought you were saying... So... Because that's not the no, I was say. waiting for permission from the quiz oh, master to say yeah, my answer. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Which okay, would have I been forgot. Kimi Raikkonen. Incidentally, how old are you, Phil? I'm 37. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. sorry. Okay, all right. Well, Take that, that one. Was, okay. Right, listen. That one was a practice no, run because I didn't... No, we can't have the same question again. Okay. Who is... You have to say your name, okay? Okay. Who is... 21. Terry. Phil. Oh, Terry. Me first. Charles Leclerc. Phil. Max Verstappen. Actually, Ocon. <laughs> Do you know who else is 21? Max Verstappen. Verstappen's 20, actually. Oh, is he? Alright. Uh, okay. Who is 22? Verstappen. Oh, no. Terry. Pierre yes. Gasly. <laughs> yes, that's right, but there is also another 22 year old on the Ooh, grid. Oh, for a bonus. Phil. Yes, Phil? Charles Leclerc. Wrong! This is your last chance until we move on to the next Um, stage of the quiz. I can't think of any more drivers. It was Sorokin. Question three. Who is is 28? Phil. Yes, Phil. Brendan Hartley. Hartley is 28. You're right, Phil. I am also 28, so I'm disappointed that wasn't your first answer of big names in Formula 1. I was just waiting until you get your big break in F1. I've had it, mate. What do you think this is? There's also two more people that are 28 on the grid. Terry. Yes, Terry. Carlos Sainz. No. Terry. Yes. Daniel Ricciardo. Yes. Phil. Yes, Phil. Sergio Perez. No. Shit. Terry. Yes. Nigel Mansell. No. (laughs) Got to get it in there. (laughs) 
There's one more. I don't know. Terry. Yes. Uh, Stroll. Stroll. Oh, Bottas. You were, <laughs> that, that was very much like my French GCSE exam. <laughs> where the teacher who realised he'd done really badly over the year was mouthing the answers to me. Did you just mouth the answer to him? No. no. It was like that. Not exactly like that. It was more, she was slightly French. Uh, what? Who was it? Bottas. Bottas. What? Bottas. How amazing that you got that without him mouthing the answer at you when you started saying somebody else. Well, I just wanted to get the game over and done with, to be honest. Okay, I think I won. So, well done. What was the score, Matt? that you can come and see this live. <laughs> 4-1 4 to, to Terry, Terry. Uh, Loser <laughs> I, that was, I would say <laughs> that's done the, the old worst backwards The worst Jay with Joe Lyne Parmod <laughs> Okay And that was awful Right Now it is time for the State of F1 With Terry Saunders So Vettel nerfing Bottas At the first quarter of the French Grand Prix Left them both in the pits And Vettel with a 5 second penalty So why did Vettel finish the race So far ahead of him? Well, Bottas had damage from his failing wheel and then Vettel got super lucky with the safety car. So five seconds meant shit all, really. So aside from the top six dunking around, five seconds at the end of a race is nothing. So was this penalty justified? Can the stewards decide whether safety cars or damage have an impact on penalties? Isn't Vettel allowed a bit of luck after screwing up the first corner? How can you be consistent if you let every variable have an impact? Well, don't worry, I have a solution. With Trump and Biblical Old Testament values ripping through the world, it's time for a bit of eye-for-an-eye vengeance that would also make Formula One a true team sport again. Under my new vengeful system, the teams have a choice of what penalty to give their driver. Let's take Vettel from this GP as an example. They could give him a time penalty, not any of five-second shenanigans. Instead, no matter what happens, he has to be exactly ten seconds behind Bottas at the end of lap ten, then it's game on. So after they've all fixed their problems, 10 seconds behind Bottas. Not 10 seconds on his race, 10 seconds behind Bottas. Great. Or they give him a car penalty. He damaged Bottas's car, so he has to drive into the weigh-in area, and FIA officials with sledgehammers dish out the exact same damage to his car in around 2.1 seconds. Or the team aspect, they can let Vettel go, but Hamilton is allowed to drive into Kimi. Actually, no, that wouldn't work. They'd always choose They'd always choose to damage Kimmy, like they had the rest of his career. Roll on Leclerc. When Leclerc's there, it'll be a tricky one. That's my idea. Really choice, like of, yeah. choice of penalties. I think this has got legs. Can I just throw into the mix? I don't think Bernd Mylander in the safety car is utilised enough. I wonder if he could come into it as some, some sort of disher of punishments while the race is going on or something like that. Like, especially a poorer car, because, you know, the pit lane was positioned exactly on the racing line yeah maybe when some transgressor transgressor drives past bam mylander comes out takes him out mm. unexpected mylander unexpected mylander that'd be <laughs> um comes up on the safety screen <laughs> yeah, exactly unexpected mylander we know he's gonna appear somewhere <laughs> we don't, we don't know where, where. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we should it. workshop this this is uh, maybe get listeners get involved yeah what what other penalty should we dish out i, I like the uh, i like the one of smashing the car I do like them. The or they drive into the the people they've offended pit, and they get a they get oh. they get they get the time of their last pit stop to cause as much damage as they can. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Or they just get to paint the car with like penises on the side, <laughs> just like, like cock piss partridge on the side. So that is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We have not had time to talk about the 2019 regulations, which have apparently all been agreed and are ready to be signed off on July the 4th 
Well, then so we've got content for them. That's going to uh, that's going to solve all the problems for next year. Everything's going to be brilliant, right? And it is goodbye to Terry Saunders. We haven't talked about our live show. We have talked about it. Let's talk about it again. It's our live show next week at the British Grand Prix. Not at the British Grand Prix in London. Not even sure where. So come to ff1s.com forward slash British hyphen grand. And then you can come and watch the Grand Prix with us. And we can get angry about Alonso together. We'll be back in a week's time to discuss the Austrian Grand Prix in Spielberg. But in the meantime, check out our Facebook page facebook.com forward slash for f1's sake and you can follow us on twitter and you can watch what we got up to on instagram at for f1's sake terry where can you buy good stuff well we haven't updated our shop for ages we should probably come up with a new t-shirt but until then expected my lander you can hawk we can hawk some of the old shite at <laughs> www.ff1s.com forward slash shop 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 shoppity fucking shop <laughs> thanks for listening see you in a week I've been your grass. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.